okay, let's jump right into it. Can you walk us through um, the general idea of System and Soul? Yeah. So System and Soul is a business framework. And it's in that same category and sort of in the lineage of uh, the four disciplines of execution, Rockefeller habits. Um, uh, a lot of people have heard of scaling up and, and EOS, and it's just been an evolution. So each one of those just built on the success and the truths of the previous one, but integrated newer um, research understandings and also was kind of meeting the needs of the day in the marketplace, right? Because the marketplace today is not the same as it was 15, 20 years ago, as it was 30, 40 years ago. And so what it does is it helps bring together all these different best practices that people know they should be doing or could be doing. Um, and also a lot of the great people practices that now we're reading in, in all these different books, like, you know, you have culture code and and a lot of people are, are reading, um, I just blame the like Patrick Lencioni's work, a lot of what he's writing in terms of like an ideal team player. And instead of feeling like you've got all these ad hoc initiatives, we bring it together in one cohesive uh, framework. So what we like to say is that the, the system makes the soul side true and the soul makes the system matter. So you can't just be mechanical for the sake of mechanics, which is commonly a problem, not always in agencies. I, I tend to find agency owners and leaders are, are a little more soulful. Um, and so it's a great place to work, but it's sort of hit a plateau and can't grow. So you need systems to make that true. Um, and it doesn't mean that you're selling out and become a corporate or you, you suddenly can't be creative. So that's the that's where system and soul sits as a is a way to bring it all together in one cohesive structure, um, so that you you feel like you have a, a track to run on for sustainable and healthy growth. Love it. So how should agencies think about focus strategy? Yeah. So we tend to, and and, and I'm sure we'll get to to some of this other piece later in the conversation. Um, but w what we really see with with system and soul and what we and how that's influenced by what we saw in the marketplace is companies uh, of any kind need to be aligned around a shared vision. They need to focus on the strategy of how, how do we get from where we are today to that vision because vision's that future place. Um, and how do we create confidence in execution, which can be pretty uh, a tough task, especially for agency owners, right? Because that's your baby. And a lot of what you're doing is subjective and creative. Um, and it's not, it's a lot of art with a little bit of science. And, and so when we talk about focus strategy, uh, it's, it's eliminating the opportunity to chase the shiny objects. And so the first thing you've got to get clear on is who, who you are and where you're going. And if you don't know those things, then then you're you're already kind of wandering and chasing your tail, or at least it'll feel that way. You're doing your best, you're making your best judgments, but it won't feel like you're making sustained progress in one direction. You're going a millimeter in a thousand directions instead of a mile in one. And and so when you're focused on your strategy, you need to know what's the atmosphere, what where are we going? If you got that now, you can say this is who we are, this is what we do. This is what's core to us and what we believe um, about ourselves as a business. And it's not a right or wrong. It's just who you are and what that fit is. And the more you bring people into that 
and they're captivated by a, by that compelling or magnetic vision as, as we talk about it uh, a lot of times. Now suddenly you can be focused because those people know where we're going and they know who we are and how we intend to go about there. How do we conduct ourselves? And then we look at mile markers. So at every 90 days, every, uh, every year, and then three years, and we continually tweak it, right? Because the future is uncertain. And when we, but when we do that and we reevaluate, we at least are writing something down. Because if you're not trying to go somewhere, you'll end up anywhere. <laughs> it's kind of like going to the gym and not having like, okay, like tracking that progress and like checking in, at, you know, and writing those, writing those things down. Yeah. It's, we just did this internally uh, about a month ago. We, we have a, our, our values and, and we looked back and I've read them, you know, every year we look at them and it's just, it's crazy how these same values still apply, but just in a, like a slightly different, like, like one of our values is like um, the community, serving the community around us. And like for a while that was like going out and volunteering and now, now it can look like slightly different. Um, so just having those written out and checking in on those is always, uh, it's, it's important. Um, cool. So one thing that we were talking about a little bit before we jumped on that I want to get your thoughts, opinions on is so we often have like agency owners that are wearing, I like to say like lots of different hats. They're in lots of different roles and positions in the, in the company and they're growing and they don't know how to get out of like, okay, I'm an owner and I work in the business. I'm designing, you know, logos for the business or for my clients. I'm working on my clients. I am selling for the business and I am the HR person. I'm, I'm wearing all of these different hats. How, how do I get out of that? How do I identify those roles and how do I shift that? So I'm not the one person doing lots of different things. Right. It's what I like to call being the chief everything officer. That's all CEO stands for. So you're chief salesperson, designer, supplier, accountant, bookkeeper, trash collector, um, uh, accounts receivable. Like it, it's it's all good. And it's all stuff you have to do when you're starting a business. And um, just for a little bit of context, I mean, I, I started my, my agency back in, in 2015 um, and grew it for five years before I ended up selling it. Um, and that being the the founder and being the chief everything officer was so incredibly stressful. And there's a lot of things you learn to do out of necessity. And there's really no shortcut around that, which is why I think there's such a you know, part of the reason why there's such a high failure rate of uh, new businesses every year. But that making that move from being founder led to being led by a team of senior leaders really requires some deep work. And uh, for example, I just got done with a session this morning with a client uh, that's getting started with System and Soul. And that was the complaint uh, of, the, of the CEO and the, and the founder. Uh, because in, in something else, uh, in a, another podcast I'd been on, I mentioned my, my feelings and, and what I want to help owners avoid is you start a business because you see a need, you meet a need, but you also have this strong desire for freedom. And instead of, um, working, being, feeling like you're on top of the business, you feel trapped inside of it. It feels like a prison. And, and that's really frustrating um, because that's not, it, it feels wrong from a philosophical level. Like I, I, 
I built this to free myself, to generate wealth, to help benefit my family, to benefit the community, do whatever. Um, but instead, when you're an agency owner, you can be trapped by the hours and the razor thin margins and the endless uh, revision requests, right? So that move takes a, a couple of things. One, um, I mean, admit that <laughs> there, there's an issue, but it's going to feel risky to pause long enough to create the opening that you need in order to get out of doing everything. And, and when that happens, you're going to start to breathe a sigh of relief, but you've got to take the risk. You already took a risk in starting a business. You made a bet. You bet on yourself. You bet on your services. You're going to have to make another bet. That's all really being a business is about is making a series of calculated bets and hoping that they pay off and the ones that don't weren't fatal, right? That you didn't ever go all in, right? That's really risky. And so, right? And so what we do first, um, the first session is mostly working on your org chart and creating what are the seats and the functions? What is, how does this company run? And let's write all that out because for the most part, it's stuck in the founder's head and heart and they have an understanding and they've blended it together and you can't tease it apart. So for example, like the, the agency I was working with this morning, they were having a really hard time teasing apart what the visionary is supposed to be, which is by the way, where most owners want to be is they want to be the visionary owner. They want big ideas. They want innovation, big relationships, thought leadership, those sorts of things. Typically, not all of them, but typically, but there's this, the second in command, what we call an operator. That's very good at details, managing multiple people, leading multiple people, um, and really helping run the day-to-day -day of any business. Um, and we, spent a lot of time trying to tease those things apart because it was so integrated inside of that CEO and that founder. And to, to the point, the team could, couldn't perceive the difference. And once we started to really name the different things, you know, when we get to the end, we ask a, a question at the end of the session, what was the best idea of the day? And we reflect for a few minutes, write it down. And the CEO and two of the other uh, leadership team members said, being able to see the difference between the visionary and that operator, and then a couple of the other seats that were all bundled into that owner and seeing, oh, we see him as one person, but really he's sitting in four critical seats and we need to help him. And so if you will, as an owner, pause long enough and get outside help, you need somebody from the outside and then, and whether it's me or somebody else or a good friend or another agency owner, if you're in a peer group or whatever it may be, get somebody who can come in and provide a little perspective, ask you some questions and start to map out where are you? Because if you don't know how many seats you're in, you can't develop the map to work yourself out of it. You don't know who to hire next. And you also don't know what kind of person you want to hire because you probably really want them to do it like you would. Now they're not, they're not going to be as good. They're not going to be as talented. They're not whatever it is. Um, not at first. Eventually you'll find people that are just so gifted at sales or marketing or operations that you're like, man, I'm glad they're doing it because I'm, I'm decent, but that's what they were like born to do. And that's always exciting.
Yeah. Do you think that there is, or is there like a, is there an inflection point? Is there like a revenue point where it's like at X dollars, it, you know, I'm going to speak in dollars because that's where my head's always at. But like, where is that inflection point in the business that it's like, okay, because I can just, I can hear my agency owners in the back of my head saying, well, I can't afford to go hire four different people to fill these positions. So like, what's the first one do I, I could hire one, like, where is that point? Like, what what are your recommendations? Yeah. So typically when, when you're hitting that two to three million, um, it, and it can be that, but it can be more about headcount um, because the, the people issue of managing all of that is really where a lot of the stress can come from. And so when you start hitting 15 to 20 people, um, that's when, you know, like, okay, we're, we need a little bit more structure than we've had. Um, we can't just go with the flow. Um, I would say, uh, number one, if you don't have an executive assistant, get an executive assistant. There's a whole lot of um, repetitive tasks that you can take off your plate. But I would be looking for that second in command, even if it's somebody on the team who maybe 10 hours of their week, that's it is dedicated there. There's also tons of uh, uh, fractional second-in-commands. Um, that's sort of a bubbling, uh, growing uh, group of people uh, out there. And and if you can find that person, you can start to catch your breath and generate ideas like you did at the beginning when you weren't pressured by you know, 10 employees who needed to talk to you, six uh, clients who wanted to you know, just pick your brain a little bit, right? Or had a major complaint. So if you get that breathing, yeah, right? Get somebody else to put out the fire for a minute. Um, but getting that second in command, even if it's fractionally, maybe not full time, can create way more margin than you think. So when I, my first employee, I just kept promoting her up because she was helping me grow the the agency she became that second in command and it allowed me to pop my head up and see like, okay, here's the opportunity. Here's the opportunity and stepped into things um, to where we started growing even faster and faster. And I, I was just blown away by how much margin um, just one person who was gifted at that seat could provide. Um, and then obviously when energy comes back into you, when you do things that energize you, one, you're clear on your role in the company and the value you provide, and then you're energized by it. There's like this force multiplier, right? So it's it's uh, it's growth through multiplication, not addition. Yeah, love that. Um, how, so revenue size, two to three million, 20-ish headcount. And then the first step in this process is it just it's just writing out okay here is what i do as a business owner and breaking it down into different buckets and seeing who on the team today could i allocate some of that work to and then that frees up okay here is where i could hire is that how you would approach this yeah so what we do is we think about the core functions of the business and and there's essentially like five seats uh, and, and or functions and you can as you get bigger it gets more sophisticated but you've got to market and sell things, right? Somebody's got to help generate revenue. Then you've got to deliver things. Um, so you've got services. Uh, and then you've got the the admin, HR, payroll, uh, finance, legal, like all, all those different things. And then on top of that, it sits your operator. And then you have the visionary at the very top who's casting vision and, and all those things we said before. And so if you think about it, 
who's leading marketing and sales, who's leading the delivery of services and who's leading my HR and finance. And you write out what you want those, those people, those seats to be accountable for, because as an owner, you, you may say, well, it's clear what they're supposed to be doing, but I also need them to be clear. This is how, um, this is what you're responsible for. But then we create KPIs and say, how are you going to measure? How are they going to know if they're winning at their job and how will you know if they're winning and that owner's anxiety will come down because they can check every week, like are, are numbers in the right place. And over time, then if you get that number two, that number two is checking on all those things and letting you know, like, pay attention to this, ignore that. Um, and you start to move a lot faster, but you've created that clarity so that their autonomy can exist in the, in the business, but you still hold people accountable for the results. And there's there's some things internally we can do. There's things with my clients we can do. Love it. How do agencies, owners, and leaders create confidence in executing? So I think it tags into the to the KPIs. And a lot of people try to build dashboards and um, and things like that s- sort of randomly. Um, but when you assign numbers to every function and seat. So, you know, not just at the senior level, but think about your account managers, your designers, developers, um, all those different things. If, if each of them has, you know, three to five numbers that tell you either weekly, monthly, or quarterly, are they doing the things that need to be done in order to ensure success? you're going to create confidence when you reflect every 90 days on what you're doing, instead of just keeping your head buried, like force yourself, even for half a day, leave the office. Or if you're working from home, leave your house, go somewhere else. You can go to a coffee shop by yourself. Um, or if you have somebody you think that really helps you process might be that number two, you know, uh, in, in waiting, um, just go process with them on a few things like, what were our numbers this quarter? What did we set out to achieve? Did we did we achieve them? What would be the most important things for us to do in the next 90 days? If you build that muscle of reflecting, and by the way, we were big fans of the OKR uh, or Objective Key Results framework for setting those every 90 days, but what's the name two or three missional type things? Like we need to achieve this. Why is it important? Who's going to own it? Who's responsible? Other people can help, but who's going to own it? And then what's the check-in going to look like at 30 days and 60 days to have something tangible? Somebody's got to hold you accountable. Even if you as the owner are taking on everything, have one other person that you've committed to, hey, in 30 days, I'm going to show you this kind of progress. I guarantee you, you're going to see completion rates that are 80 to 90% plus. And do that. Imagine if you were to do three things to work and build your business every quarter, then you'd have 12 improvements at the end of a year. And then you look back and you say, well, where do I want to go next year? Cool. Set the goal, break that into four component parts for every goal. And now suddenly, you know what you're doing and you can weave it in. You can block time on your calendar and set boundaries. Yeah, I think this, I, we have a lot of clients that do EOS and like one of the benefits I think from that is just, they're, they're just forcing them to write down what those, what those goals are. And I think a lot of people just miss that, miss that mark. It's like, we're so busy doing all of this other stuff. It's like, stop, write down, what are we trying to accomplish? And I love that quarterly. And it's like, we'll just track progress. It sounds so simple to say, but it's so often missed. 
Yeah, for sure. The, like writing it down, I mean, does I'm I'm sure there's like eleven eleven t billion. That's a made up number, but there's that many studies on just writing out your goals or, or dreams or or whatever you want to do. Um, I can tell you that having done both rocks, so I've self implemented and, and run an agency on EOS and on System and Soul, but having done rocks without having the 30 and 68 check-ins without having the key results. Like if these three things are true, let's call it done and writing it missionally. What happens with most rocks um, or if you just write it down in general is you'll get two thirds of the way in, you'll get two months into your quarter and you'll have an O blank moment because you haven't done anything. And now you're rushing to get it done and you have a half baked product instead of making small consistent progress all along the way and having accountability and check-ins every week and, and every month when you do that the end product's going to be so much better and you are going to be less stressed because doing stuff at the last minute is what's going to keep businesses unhealthy and agencies really small if you want to grow whatever size that may be you may want to be 2 million you may want to be 20 million but I can tell you whatever size you want to be, if you're stressed and doing stuff at the last second consistently, you're going to burn yourself out. It's going to hurt you. You're going to end up, you know, really regretting what you're doing. And the thing that you love that you're passionate about is no longer going to hold value for you until you hit reset. So better to pace yourself than to burn out and be forced to take a rest. Yep. It's like you're, you're just like preaching to me. <laughs> I love it. It's it's great advice. Um, okay, last question for you. Uh, how do we preserve the dignity and creativity of our team members and our culture while we're scaling an agency? That's a great question. The I think the challenge, and I alluded to it, I think in, in answering your first question, but most agency owners are probably pretty good at what we would call the soul side and the culture side of, of the framework and of business. And what feels very risky is introducing systems that could rob them of that or somehow overly structuring it. They're afraid that they're going to overstructure. Um, I'm here to tell you, you're probably a long ways off from ever overstructuring, um, but it can feel like more structure eliminates creativity. And Creativity cannot exist without constraints. You have to have constraints and boundaries in order for creativity to exist. There has to be some sort of outside bounding pressure in order to create that. The other part is if you actually write out and design your culture, so have culture by design instead of by default and, and intentionally cultivate it, then as you build, you're, you just keep doing more of it. And as you attract, because by the way, your culture and your values, your organizational habits, your attributes, they should attract the right people and repel the wrong ones. I'm not saying bad, maybe they are a bad hire because they're costly, but I'm not saying bad people, but they're, they're not the fit for you. They're the wrong kind of people for your company. You do that, it's self-reinforcing. And then it's not on you as the owner to carry the burden of culture and people development and care and compassion. The entire company carries it and does it. 
and that is where the freedom comes from. Then you just get to be the the champion of culture inside of the company. And you get to check on people and take them to coffee and see how they're doing and find out new ideas that a frontline junior graphic designer said, hey, I, I, I think we could be doing this. I saw this thing. I watched a TikTok. I, I was on Dribble. I was doing this thing. And they share it and you get to cultivate that. But you can't do that if you haven't designed the culture you want and then use systems to help that build and just make more of what's great, not eliminate what makes you special. Cool. Is there any any other nuggets, any other piece of information that you want to leave with us? Tell people where to find you, all, all of that good stuff. Uh <laughs> Uh, seriously and jokingly, I would I would say my advice is uh, charge more than you're charging now. Um, <laughs> whatever you think it is, just add five percent. Um, but I, I just say take take the risk. I'll just go back to the thing I said: is is take the break, take the risk to implement something, whether it's System and Soul, whether it's EOS or or something else implement something that can help funnel what's inside of you on the outside so other people can help carry it because the people you have the great people that you have they want to help you they want to be on the mission with you but in order for you to grow beyond where you are you're going to have to learn to trust them with that that fire that you have on the inside and I know that can be scary, but if you don't do it, you'll never become what you envision. Uh, as far as where to reach me or find me, um, I have I do dominate Google for my name. I did that early, and even my kids came home and said that they had Googled me, and they're like, I found you. And I was like, okay, weirdo. Um, like, I'm at home, but I'm glad you're using your school time for that. Um, so it's kennylang.com, K-E-N-N-Y-L-A-N-G-E.com. Um, so you can see, you know, sort of the, the coaching I do, um, in particular with anything System and Soul. Um, I've got a free roadmap. So when, in System and Soul, we create a one-page business plan that talks about vision, strategy, culture, and, and those bets. Um, and I've got a free walkthrough video that'll take you through it, help you answer some questions. So if, you're, if you are going to do a quarterly offsite, by yourself in a coffee shop or something, like plug the earbuds in. Um, I've got a, a couple of other tools, a diagnostic to check how healthy your your company is. So if anybody wants to give themselves a checkup, um, it's kennylang.com forward slash health score. Um, and then you can also find me on LinkedIn. Um, I did get on LinkedIn early enough to get the I don't know why they do the forward slash in forward slash. I was like, did you run out of web? pages and a hierarchy that soon LinkedIn, but whatever, but I'm forward slash Kenny Lang and either, uh, and that name, you can pretty much find me on Facebook, Twitter, not posting a lot there, but LinkedIn and my website are fantastic. And uh, I'd love to chat with anybody who would love a, a, a free consultation, um, to go over that, be happy to offer that to your listeners. Awesome. That'd be great. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate the time and it was a great conversation. Uh, for those of you listening, if, if reach out to Kenny, if you need his contact information, we have it as well. Uh, we'll get you, get you connected. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. 
Hey there, podcast listener. I am excited that you have tuned in, and I hope that you enjoyed this conversation. I've made a special offer with the landing page available to you that is going to be linked up. And if you go there, you're going to have links to some additional resources, but most importantly, a free one-hour consultation to review Uh, your business, your roadmap, where you're going, how are you strategizing and looking through things. Normally I charge $500 for this, um, but because you are a loyal upsourced podcast listener, I'm making this available for free. So if you go to the link, you're going to see a calendar and you'll be able to find a time that works for you. If you can't find a time on that calendar, please feel free to email me directly at Kenny at Kenny Lang. Dot com. And don't forget to rate and review this podcast. I hope you liked it.